Yes. We will probably make this episode a two-parter because, one, there's so much to cover, and then, two, there is so much that we just, like, ranted about, which is fun. Exactly. So we might e- we might even just make this a one-part and then take out some stuff and make that an extra episode. Like a bonus. And then leave this part in for, like, some incentive. Um, but we don't know. We'll figure it out when but. we try and edit this monstrous three-and-a-half-hour podcast. But regardless... What we have to say to y'all listeners is, anyways, anyways how's, how's your, your sex, sex life? life? Okay, for reals, we're starting. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to, anyways, how's, how's your sex life? Your sex life. Featuring your hosts. Oh, Corey. And, Channa and. Small. 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 Well, she's not meowing. No, she's she's not just purring. You good. probably heard the purrs. Wait for it. And today it's featuring some very fancy wine from California of seven whole dollars. It's a, a red Chianti wine. <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Chianta. Chante. Chantel. I don't know. It's a Chantel. red Chantel. Chantel. Um, yes, it was seven whole dollars. Thank you, California. Thank you, Trader Joe's. Thank you, Trader Joe's. Um, so today we have something very exciting. One, we got our thumbnail down. So, yes. So now we finally are almost official. We just need to figure out a jingle. Mm-hmm. And um, oh god, yeah. If you want to look, take a look at our thumbnail. You can do so. By looking at our Instagram, which is... Ooh, are we posting that? Anyways, how's your sex life? Yes. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can email us. You can really sext us any way you want. Mm -hmm. We're very available. We are slutty available. We will take sexts. We will definitely take sexts. If you like, send us a couple nudes. Oh, yeah. That's great. I've I've seen many a buttholes. Yeah. He has seen many buttholes. Wanted and unwanted. There we go. I've seen lots of dick pics. The majority of them unwanted. I would say ninety nine percent of them are unwanted. I'm about I'm about seventy thirty thirty I, wanted seventy percent unwanted. I think the only time I've ever wanted to see a dick pic is when Jordan sent me one, and I was like, "This is what it's like when oh, you actually want like, to." Oh, I guess like butthole pics are never really wanted. That's, That's true. true. You never look at someone's gaping asshole and you're like, "I just yeah. want to slip my dick right in there." <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, give him an asshole. If I want. <laughs> like, send me a butt pic. That's hot. Oh, someone wants to sleep. Like a in... little bubble butt. Here, I'll, I'll open this up for you. Here you go, bumble. She's like, wow. One of bones. Get in. She's like, I'm gonna think about it for the next ten minutes. And then I'll get. And in. I'm gonna get in the other one. And that then you when didn't you, open. oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's like, you can I can figure it out my now. Asshole. Oh, she, she likes sleeping in out. that one because that's the lingerie box. Get in, girl. Thanks for. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I've never been like. When somebody sends me, like, a hot little butt pic, I'm like, yeah, that's good. But if they're just like, ah. hello, and then the next is, like, four gaping asshole pics. <laughs> they're like, know. how was your day today? Asshole. 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 Another asshole. Another asshole. <laughs> Another asshole. Another <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so, today, for our podcast, we're doing something very fun. 
So every fifth or sixth episode, um, Corey and I decided that we want to do a combined podcast episode. Yes. Um, and a lot of the episodes are yes. going to focus on our all-time favorite couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren. The Warrens. Yes. Fun fact, we were going to do it for the nun premiere, but we are not because we're going to Hawaii instead. We're not? Dress up. Well, I guess uh, that'd be a lot to do this week. Yeah. yeah uh-uh. But, um, so probably for The Conjuring it's 3. Already, it's already Tuesday tomorrow, too. <laughs> yeah, but it comes out in two days. <laughs> we, we leave in three days. And I'm like, yeah, we can, like, plan and go to work and go to school. <laughs> like, we can get a very elaborate pack cosplay. for Hawaii all in three days. Let's do it. <laughs> You're like, everything's fine. Um, yeah, so probably for The Conjuring 3, Corey and I want to dress up as Ed and Lorraine Warren. Which, sadly, James Wan will not direct. It's so, fine. It's fine. We're over it. But, you know, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so today's podcast episode... Actually, before we tell you the subject of it, let's just jump right into our spooky scoops and queer quips. Oh, yes. Do you want to start with your queer quip? Yes, I will. I will start my queer quip. Hmm, where is my queer quip? Oh, yeah. Okay. So because of our subject matter, which is Spookiness. in the 70s, which deals in the 70s, mostly in the 70s. Yes. Um, I think pretty much all in the 70s, the history, most of the history of it. Well, the and house. And then the actual ah. haunting. Yes. Oh, the house. So there's like 50 hauntings. It's chill. 50 million hauntings. Okay. So mine is also set, um, well, my guess mine's is set in the l- early 80s, but cool. it starts in the late 70s because it is the uh, AIDS epidemic. <gasps> um, so I'm not really focusing on the whole epidemic. I'm just giving you little parts of it. I'll probably, there's a lot of different things that I could focus on within the AIDS epidemic mm. of the, uh, I guess, late 70s, but more just the 80s and the 90s. Um, still going on today as well in other countries, but... Well, just the, focusing on the more LGBT part of it. Okay. Um, so this is about the gay men's health crisis. It was an, orga- an organization that was founded in January of 1982. And it was after the reports began surfacing in San Francisco, also in New York at the, at the time, um, that were at the time before it came out as HIV. Um, it was before the, or sorry, it was a rare form of cancer called uh, Kaposi's a sarcoma and that mm. it was affecting uh, young gay men specifically mm. it was created when 80 men gathered in new york in an apartment owned by the writer larry kramer and it was to discuss the issue of this gay cancer so when uh, the gmhc the gay men's health crisis took its name it took its name from the fact that the earliest men who fell victim to aids in the early 1980s were gay so it was just mm. they're like hey we're doing this gay men's health crisis because we just hear that there's this disease or this quote-unquote cancer that only gay men are getting um the founders were nathan fain larry kramer lawrence d mass paul popham paul uh oh my gosh rapaport and edmund white um and paul popham was uh chosen as the president mm. so also with when once this was started one of the people in the uh, organization roger mcfarland began a crisis counseling hotline that originated in his home and ultimately became a part of the organization and this was probably one of the most effective first and most effective tools in getting around the information about uh, hiv and about this epidemic that was going on okay um later which is interesting is probably the most um popular name or the most famous name or of all these men is larry kramer and he resigned in 1983 because he moved to become a part of ACT UP, which is was a more, um, what would you say, active or mm. quote-unquote militant. They weren't militant at all, but yeah. just like, you know, poetically speaking, militant group about 
getting recognition for gay men and people who and and queer people who had AIDS. So Mm. they did a lot of the artistic movements of the shirts, the pink triangle that we talked Ah. about. They utilized that, the upside down pink triangle. They utilized that, and they also have that shirt that I wear every once in a while, where it's the two sailors kissing, the two Navy sailors kissing. It says "Read my lips." They did that shirt as well. Oh, cute. So, yeah, um, Larry Kramer is all also. Man, I have to burp every time I start speaking and we drink. I think because I'm like huddled over. You're like, how long? Excuse me, there we go. I burp because I'm like day. tall and so I like compress my chest. One day I have we to will, burp a lot. We will not have to hunch over for our yeah, podcast. It's fine. So probably half the time I'm like, Ooh. Be like, <laughs> okay. are they okay? We're just vomiting every right. other sentence. <laughs> so when this happened, when he when he left and uh, became part of Act Up, that Act Up movement was supposed to be in your face. I'll actually, I'll do a, I'll do a queer quip on that, that, so I won't get too much into it. Okay. But they were very in your face, like queer mm. about it. They're trying to say, hey, the government and governmental organizations are, are ignoring people dying because we're queer and because we're gay. You need, mm. to, you need, to, you need to look at us. Yeah. We exist. We're here. Um, so at the same time, because Larry Kramer, Kramer was part of this, of the gay men's health crisis, but then moved on. The gay men's health crisis got a little bit of negativity with that, and it was viewed as hostile a little mm. bit. But from this whole experience, uh, Kramer, Larry Kramer, went on to write the the play The Normal Heart, which was recently, I think in 2015 or 16, was turned into uh, a miniseries oh. with Mark Ruffalo, who's uh, oh, the Hulk, yes. for people who know. Or who don't really know who Mark Ruffalo is. He has a lot of other roles that are way better. But I think but... the most, like, mainstream one that people recognize. Yeah, that's what people recognize the most. Yeah. Um, so a quick little couple facts is on April 30th in 1983, the GMHC sponsored the first major fundraising event for AIDS. And in 1984, the CDC requested uh, the gay men's health crisis. They requested their assistance in planning a public conference about AIDS. And it was actually, that's the same year that the HIV virus was identified. Oh. Mm-hmm. Look at and that. that was identified by a French doctor. Um, I am sorry. I, I, I can't even really. It's <laughs> two, a French Two name. French doctors. Croissant. Yeah, I want to say their name. Frank, Francosi. I don't know. I'm you know? sorry. You can go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you can go on YouTube They're and loved. search them up. And someone will be saying it correctly. Yeah, Maybe. but so I've also read a book um, about the AIDS or about HIV and its origins. I won't get too much into it, but at the same time that this was popping up in San Francisco, not San Francisco, San Francisco and New York, it also popped up in Miami and is actually believed that mm-hmm. how it got to the states was first through Miami. Really? Yeah. That's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, at least in this book. Well, people party hard in Miami. Yeah. People rage. Oh, toads. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There's the gay men's health crisis, which was the first organization uh, for the AIDS epidemic. Look at that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, my spooky scoop is very different <laughs> than yours. Very, It's just some quick facts that I found. Because um, I really wanted to focus on the 70s and 80s. Because I've always wondered, like, why there's so many serial killers. And, you know, I've been, I originally that was what my spooky scoop was going to be about. Because uh-huh. I wanted to tell you, like, people think it's A, B, and C. Like, those are why there's so many serial killers in the 70s, 80s. Really, oh, I mean, yeah. I think it's a big combination of technology wasn't really, especially in terms of uh, the like crime analysis and all that, like DNA testing, this and that. It really wasn't how 
it was now. And so that's why a lot of serial killers were able to kill so many people because now we can catch people fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. And probably people nowadays that would be serial killers are just caught after their first or second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because things are just getting better and better. Yeah, and they don't technically. Um, but in the 70s, uh, specifically the 70s, that's, in my opinion, like probably one of the deadliest decades we had in terms of serial killers. Um, there were, and I got these numbers from a very credible source called Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> so, but I had a, I counted each person. So, give or take a few numbers because I was on crazy amounts of apps. Y'all, we're, we're, we're millennials. Yeah. This is where we get all of our information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Side note, I did so much Adderall in preparation for this yes. episode. So, like, God knows what this information I have. Oh, right my now. gosh. Side note before we get into this. When I did the Adderall to do, to like start my homework and organize everything and also clean the house, uh-huh. like in the middle of me writing, I was like, oh my God, I wish I felt like this all the time. No, right? I was just so <laughs> fucking focused. This is amazing. I was like, oh, I got, I'm getting so much done and I want to get it done and I don't want to go do anything else. Right? I was like, oh, this God. is great. Yeah. I spent like, I don't know, three or four hours just researching just only like a quarter of my entire podcast. Yeah. It was so fun. Okay. So I'm um, in the seventies. Um, there were a, around, give or take, you know, a couple, couple people, uh-huh. um, 85 identifiable serial killers during the 70s. Damn. These, they might have started before or during or ended um, after the 70s, but they're killing, some of some of their killings happened in the 70s. Mm-hmm. 85 identif- identifiable. And there's 15 unidentified serial killers during the 70s. So, so 15 people who were serial killers that were never caught. We don't know who they are. Okay. So that so that's like a crazy. Let's just eighty five serial killers in the seventies. We're compared to now, like you don't ever really hear about serial killers, ever. But yeah. back then, I mean, eighty five. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. That's like a little bit more than ten a year during the seventies of the active serial killers. Mm. That's wild. So the seventies was a fucking dangerous time. Probably my theory is that I think the people that were serial killers during the seventies, eighties. All their parents. This is like one of my theories that I thought of when I was like 15. And I was like, maybe. Like, we can't say this isn't, this might not be a part of it. But like the 60s was such a drug-fueled era. Yeah. Where like everyone was doing like crazy, 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 crazy drugs. And so then they gave birth because they all gave birth really young to these kids. And these kids were in their teens and their 20s and 30s and in the 80s or whatnot. And so I think those kids, maybe drugs, are linked to serial killers. It's all drugs. You never know, because maybe those parents did a fuckload of drugs when they were pregnant. Or do drugs. And it fucked up their kid. Who do whatever knows? you want. <laughs> to just do drugs. And you know what? Here's a science experiment for you guys. Go do drugs and see if your kids end up being serial killers. And in 20 Go years, do drugs. Let get me pregnant know. on those drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Go do a drug and let me know if you feel like you want to be a serial killer now. That's my question. Anyways, my how your sex life does not condone doing drugs and or having sex at the same time. And or becoming a serial killer. <laughs> and or becoming a serial, serial killer. Brought to you by Channel Courier, now in jail. <laughs> we do not condone any of these actions. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, the 70s was a really crazy, disastrous time. Okay. This is spooky. So. I got a drink. Yeah, we all got a drink. Okay, so I'm pulling up our organization of how we're going to share this. So today's episode is and and edit. <laughs> so yeah, today's episode about. Oh, that's loud. Oh, okay. Okay, it's still too loud. Uh... <laughs> we'll add a drum roll. <laughs> um, it's Toulouse about the oh, boost, boost, announce it. It's about Toulouse. Okay, oh. nope. <laughs> okay, it's about the Amityville horror. Ah! Okay, so what we want to do is about every fifth episode, multiples of five. 
Yeah, this what, one might be five. Yeah, this every fifth episode combo episode. Okay, yeah, we'll try and do a combo episode. We're gonna double where team. we get a we do a big topic. So like Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted the Amityville Horror or Ted Bundy stuff like that. We will do it together. So where to where I'm not just doing the supernatural and then Chan is only doing. Oh, hey, Boost is not only doing the true crime part. We'll actually do the same topic together. We'll just do different aspects of it. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to have people guest star. Uh, yes. So we're going to have friends jump in and out to give like their opinions and epi- on certain episodes. Also within these joint episodes, we are going to try. We, they might not all be joint, right? Because some of the other Warren cases aren't that big. Do, we, do you want to do them all joint? Not all the Warren ones. Okay. So the Warren. So this will. This episode is about the Amityville horror but it'll also be an introductory episode <laughs> yes into the into the Warrens and Ed and Lorraine Warren who we love we love the Conjuring movies and I've seen the Annabelle movies they're pretty good the second one is is actually pretty good disclaimer I have only seen the 2005 release with Ryan Reynolds and neither of us have seen the original 70s movie I haven't even seen the 2005 I'm sorry that it's just it's definitely one I need to see because I love horror and I just it's just one that I every time I try and watch and it's not Halloween time, mm. I don't allow myself to watch it because it's such a good cl- classic that I feel like it should be watched around Halloween we'll time. We'll watch it in like a month. I've yeah. only read the book now. I haven't even seen it. We started yeah. watching 2005. Oh no, I started watching it with Jordan. Oh. Then we stopped. Yeah, I watched it with Davis and Hiram and it was it was fun. But and Ryan Reynolds is in it, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the main he's the dad. Yeah. He's a uh, Gregory Lutz. So Corey and I were we were looking to see if the movie was on Amazon. And um, we saw this one movie, like that oh was about God. the Amityville horror. No, on Amazon. apparently there's like they're making like a whole new trilogy, and they're just shit. Like it was literally like laughable. The trailer, like we were like sitting in my office. No, wait, don't sign like up. Like a shaky cam really piece hard. of shit. Yeah, but we were like laughing because it was the funniest shit in the oh world. Oh my gosh, the editing too, the editing. And the acting. Okay, so if you want to know what we're talking about, go to Amazon and just type in like Amityville horror and movie. just start watching the trailers just, to all. Yeah, of them. Yeah, just start watching the trailers to all of them, and you'll know. There's <laughs> one. Yeah, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> You'll be like, this is the one. You're like, this is the shit one they're talking about. Fucking hilarious. But yeah, uh, okay, so let's, um, into this. let's get into. So this is the Ed, this is like the Amityville Horror slash Ed and Lorraine Warren case file number one. Yes, it's not number one chronologically. I don't really know. But I don't have that know. much time. You figure it out. You figure the shit out. <laughs> this is episode five, and who's has yeah, sex? We just wine. talk about spooky shit. Okay. <laughs> We're just drinking wine, and I'm so sober for yeah. how much wine I had. <laughs> Do you want to give me like? A master's degree, I'll tell you. I'll put these in chronological order. Right. But until then, suck my dick. (laughs) (laughs) So the Warrens. Edward Warren, um, he was a World War II vet, uh, or a Navy Navy vet, sorry. He might know. And a former police officer who became a self-taught and uh, self-professed demonologist. He's also an author and a lecturer. Lorraine herself, she professes to be a clairvoyant, and she also is a trance medium. Or she gets in a trance and through that she's able to speak uh people are able to speak through her or she's also able to just figure things out about people as you see at the beginning of the conjuring too because she <gasps> yes this is very true yeah yeah, yeah she's sort of like it's this little which at the beginning of conjuring 2 you see her walk through the amityville house oh this is true they do like an Tie establishing back. shot of it and then she goes down in the basement very yes, true and that's where we get introduced to wow. the nun which does not re- i mean maybe it has to do i don't know no, I think that that's a whole. That's a completely made up character, that's James Wan. Yeah. They actually said the whole nun. They they shot the entire movie and then went back and put the nun in. 
whoa yeah no they literally shot the entire that. movie and they were like this needs something and then they put valak in there isn't that crazy they yeah. had to reshoot a lot of scenes then. Well, they didn't reshoot. Name, oh. Well, his name is in a bunch of in the background. Oh, that's true. Well, I don't know how much was in there. Yeah, and stuff that's like true. That. So that's... that should probably that'd be fun to look at the screenplay before they, they first, did that, yeah. and then after they did it. Just like it'd be fun to see this the screenplay of Love Simon, the first draft versus what oh hit the theaters. Oh my gosh, that uh, just make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's Back fine. to spooky stuff. Yeah. So. In 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, which is the oldest uh, ghost haunting in New England. They authored numerous books about the paranormal and about their private investigations into various reports of paranormal activity. They claimed to investigate over investigated, sorry, over 10,000 cases. Wow. Um, that's they've claimed to though. And the Warrens are also among the very first investigators to do the to investigate the Amityville haunting which we are going to talk about. Yes, we are. Um, within the NESPR, which is that research facility I was talking about, they have um, medical doctors, researchers, police officers, nurses, nurses, college students, and members of the clergy of the Catholic Church that are involved. Wow. Um, it, further cases, we'll go over um, a few later on, but I'll just sort of give a little preview maybe. Um one is the Annabelle doll, which most people of y'all know about. There's two movies about it. Uh, there Conjuring. Three? No, there's two. There's just well, there's the Annabelle. Conjuring one has an opening scene about it. But I thought there's two Conjuring movies, then Annabelle, or sorry, two Annabelle movies, then Annabelle the Creation, or something. No, like there's that. An, yeah, there's Annabelle and then Annabelle the Creation. Oh, okay. And I then thought the there Conjuring was... one that has the opening sequence. About I thought there's there were three Annabelle movies, two Conjuring movies, but I guess there's only two. Annabelle. Oh no, yeah, two and two, yeah. And so then there's also the Perron, fa- the Perron family, which is Conjuring 1. That's where there's uh, the family in Rhode Island that they move into a house and then it's eventually haunted. They figure out that it's haunted by a witch. Wow, shock. Yeah. Then we have the Enfield Poltergeist, which is Conjuring 2. Woo. That is in 1977 when the Warrens investigated the family in North London. Um, and just go watch the Conjuring 2. <laughs> no, literally. It's so Pause this go podcast. Go watch both Conjuring's. Right go now. watch the Conjuring two. If you like horror, you need to see these movies. Conjuring one, instant horror classic. Mm-hmm. Conjuring two, personally my favorite, but it has some. It's maybe too fantastical. Yeah, how Jordan to be considered like a classic horror. How Jordan described it is it's more visually terrifying the conjuring 2 true true where like there's a it's lot more atmosphere the first yeah. one's atmosphere where yeah, yeah the conjuring 2 is just so there's actual visual. dread yeah yeah exactly. where the first one there's so much or the second one there's so much tension that can get released because you get scared so often yeah yeah but yeah they're both amazing they're both yeah. it's probably some of the best horror films that have come out in the past basically this episode's years. about the conjuring yeah we love we love the conjuring series so much i could watch yeah, the sorry, movies guys. every single day and be so yeah. fucking pumped Ever, i think the past three birthdays or two birthdays i've watched the conjuring yeah two and i saw the conjuring yeah. one two weeks ago with jordan and oh, the conjuring yeah. two with you before that like oh, we were like doing an art project yes we were like crafting <laughs> the conjuring on in the background <laughs> Oh, uh, so so then we also there, here's a couple other ones there's the trial of Arn, arnie johnson it was in 1981, Arnie Johnson was accused of killing his landlord, and Ed and Lorraine Warren were called prior to uh, prior to the killing to deal with an alleged demon possession of the younger brother. Wow. So it's believed that maybe the guy who killed his landlord, Arnie Johnson, was also possessed. Hmm. Then there's also uh, the Snedeker house, and that one has to deal with uh, 
it was a formal funeral home that was then possessed by multiple demons. So I'll probably get into those because those are pretty cool. That was Jordan's um, There's the also kitchen? one about a, a demon who possessed some dude in England, and it sort of manifested as a werewolf. So the oh. guy would change into a werewolf when he was possessed and stuff like that. Do we know what The Conjuring 3 is going to be about? Is it going to be about one of these you're going oh, over? Oh, I'm sure it'll be about one of these. Do we not know any information about it yet? We don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah, I think it's just been green lined the product has. It's probably just still oh, in early sure. stages of pre production. It's gonna make them knows. millions, so um the Snedeker house is also based uh like the haunting in Connecticut that came out in like two thousand I don't know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. It it that is loosely based on the Snedeker house. Yeah, they're, they're those are the Warrens. They're the best. Um, when do they get married? Do you know that type of stuff? I don't know that. Maybe I should look that up. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I don't okay. Know. I am going to go into the history of the house. Yes. Um, this house is on, it's 112 Ocean Avenue. It used to be 108 Ocean Avenue, but the address was changed. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Okay, I'm going to give you some details about the house. Um, there was a quarter of an acre of property. There's a boat slip, a boat house on the property. It is backed up right against the Amityville River. It is a five bed, three and a half bath house. 4,000 square feet. I have a bunch of pictures of the house from before it sold and also of um, when it sold. And I have the blueprints of the house. Corey, I'll go ahead and show you some of the pictures right now. And I'll go ahead and post it. Um, so, yeah. So, this is like the outside of the house now in 2010. When it... Whoa. That's super different. Oh, no. That, so, the normal picture they're used to is this one. Oh, yeah. Is that front side? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because okay, okay. these are the big, like, these are the famous windows. Yeah. Did they keep it? Yeah, the, oh, good. this is just the front of the house. These yeah. are pictures of. Oh, okay. it's on a very skinny lot, not a wide lot. And I have some of. No, the, yeah, there's like a the pool friends. in the back, and then the boathouse. Yeah, there's a pool, boathouse, boat slip. It's a huge, huge yeah, house. Yeah, Um, and I have I found the blueprints of the house. I found it all. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and post links to both of those sites on our Twitter, and also our Instagram. And so go ahead and if you want to take a look inside the house, um, you can do that. So, um, why is this house famous? So, just to let you know, this house is famous because murders and demons and hauntings. Oh, my. Um, first yeah. of all, before I get super into this murder, and I will try to make this quick because there was a bunch of details, um, I just want to say that this is pretty fucking crazy. And there were a million different versions of what actually happened. Um, and I'm going to post a link to the website that goes over everything I'm about to talk about in detail. It's because I'm going to be skipping over some different versions of the story and so if you're really curious and you want to hear and you want to read a million different things go for it okay it is wednesday november 13th 1974 yes the eldest son 23 years old my age his name is ronald defoe he also goes by ronnie or butch i'll call him ronnie a lot of the time um he ran into a local bar um i i think the bar is called like the witch's broom or something like that or like the three black cats no yeah it's like the witches yeah something like the three witches witches brew yeah Yeah. it's called the witches brew okay so he ran into a local bar shouting that someone killed his parents a group of his homies drove over um they discovered that his entire fucking family was killed so um his father was shot in the back of the neck the mother was shot twice in the upper body um ronnie's two younger sisters were shot in the head at close range and his two younger brothers were each shot once in the back at close range um, Ronnie was taken to the police station for questioning and protection. While there, he obviously became the number one sub- suspect. 
because he literally just said he killed his family he um, did it. and he confessed. So yeah, he's the suspect. Uh, he was he was tried the following year uh, before the trial began, and by the end of May 1975, he went through three different lawyers. The last one claiming that Ronnie tried to assault him. Um, and then eventually on July 7th, the judge assigned him William Weaver to act as Ronnie Defoe's attorney. That name's important way later. Um, the trial began in September of 1975, and in November, despite William Weaver's strategy of going with the insanity defense, Ronnie is found guilty of all six murders. He is currently... Oh, hello, Toulouse. You can sit on my lap. He is currently um, serving his prison sentence um, of 25 years to life in the Greenhaven Correctional Facility in Stormville, New York. Um, he's been like uh, available for parole a couple times. Always wow, really? Denied, that type of good stuff. Um, okay, so and I'm assuming he'll probably always get denied parole. Oh, he's been denied every time. I think so. Oh, good. Okay, um, good. So anyway, so the murder sparked a fuckload of questions, like yeah. how, why, how what the fuck thing? did he kill all of them with a motherfucking shotgun without anyone else waking up? Were there more people involved? What's the motive? Like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, much. that's the biggest thing to me and why I, I still think, even though we'll get to it eventually, but there's a lot of claims and pretty good evidence of how this whole thing is a hoax. Yeah. Of why, like, still that initial thing of how were six people killed in their beds? Yeah. There's no sign of struggle. That's How the were they thing. each individually killed? Neighbors didn't hear six gunshots. Shotgun, right? They're yeah, shotgun. And he didn't silence them. Shots. Shotguns. I'm yeah. like, I don't know if, y- if y'all ever shot a shotgun before. I have before at girls' yeah. camp. Uh huh. It's loud. It's fucking loud. It's loud, and especially, especially close range. in the 70s at night. Right. Like, because, yeah, there's just not much going on. On some lake house. I yeah. Mean, it's probably pretty quiet out there. Yeah. And, like, you know, they. I was reading some research Poots. on, like, Amityville itself, and they have a lot of tourists during the summer. Yeah. So it's possible because this happened wintertime. Maybe there wasn't a lot of people renting out the houses. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Maybe, like, I don't know. There's so many different ideas of what happened that night. It's really interesting. But then again, like, if you're downstairs and or, or upstairs, vice versa. Where is Toulouse? All of a sudden, Boos walks in. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> um, I would stop this podcast and be like, I would run out of this Chen room and Corey, we're never heard of we're them again. Heard again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, yeah, I... I just feel like if you were downstairs or upstairs, Jesus, Booth. <laughs> what is he doing? And uh, that's the loudest I've ever heard him. And yeah, if somebody like was upstairs and shot a shotgun, like you would wake up. There's yeah. I, there's no deep sleep that would not wake you up if somebody shot a shotgun off in your house. What is he attacking? I don't know. We can pause. You can go see. back had to take a quick break to deal mm. with cat depression yeah sorry cat depression i'm going to what were we on about uh oh just there's so much stuff that does not make sense about this oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's unbelievable like so i'm going to go into some of it but like i said i'm gonna be posting a link so if you're really curious i found this amazing website that goes over a lot of different possibilities a lot of different things you can go ahead and read it yourself yeah yeah oh uh, we should also note that if i'll 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 realize this when we do editing, but we need to post the warrens.net. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to just post an Instagram picture that has like a picture of the Amityville house, and under that will be all the links to the sites. We're oh, cool. About. Okay, cool. And like just it'd be like a picture or slideshow on Instagram. Sounds good. Okay, so the motive no one really knows what his motive was. Some people think it's money, um, but that's pretty far fetched. Um, and I mean, there was like a box of belongings that they hid that was stolen 
or that the, all oh. the belongings were gone. But like, I don't know. It's it's pretty far fetched because they were. It's not like he was struggling for money. Like he was living with his family. He was working as a car salesman. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the money thing just didn't really add up. Um, he was char. He changed his story. Um, over twenty plus times. Almost every year or two, he comes out with a new version of the story. Yeah, I did, I did hear that. And yeah. so that's what makes it really hard. So no one, and like every year, that means his motive changes. That means this changes and that changes. Like there's so many elements that change. Um, so it's pretty hard. Like who's to say what's the real reason why he killed his entire fucking family? Yeah. Um, his story motives range from completely innocent of the murders to saying a mob was involved to saying... What? Um, he killed his family with his sister Dawn to saying his sister Dawn was behind all of it to saying he heard voices telling him to murder, um, to he murdered his dad because he abused him. I'm like, you, you name it. And he said, that's what happened. I mean, his stories are very elaborate with the variety of different ways of what the fuck happened that night. Do you know if there's any, maybe like precursor to this even, like there's past psychiatric problems or... Family that, problems. I, I mean, they turmoil. knew he did like a lot of drugs and this and that. He did, and um, yeah, and like uh-huh. his dad was a his dad was like abusive and alcoholic. Oh, oh okay. And classic, just you know the classic stuff. Okay, but um, and you know like there were rumors of things being haunted or like ghost stuff being involved before mm-hmm. the murders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like there's so many different there's so many speculations as to what really happened. And Are you going to get into that? Yeah. Oh, I get into it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but um, really, if you want to learn more, there's so much. Like, oh, this... Every yeah. single page... This has been the hardest thing to research because there's yeah. so much contradicting information. No, exactly. Like, yeah. all of our other podcasts, I would look up 10 pages and they would have the same information on them. Just yeah, some would mostly, have a little yeah. bit more or less. But this one, every single page said something different. Yeah. And so it's really hard to figure out what's true and what was not true and what got manipulated yeah. through word of so, mouth so yeah we're just another story we're just telling you stories we're just telling you stories yeah. like this is not we're trying to be as truthful as possible but just don't quote us. <laughs> again we do google search <laughs> enter amityville horror look at the first 10 pages and, and then I'm go like, to wikipedia i'm like cool okay sounds good watch one yeah. youtube document watch like a 10 minute youtube video we're, and I'm like, we're not here for truth we're here for a good time we're here for a good okay. time <laughs> <laughs> you know and i had a, a penny for how many boys so that's me <laughs> i would have zero pennies <laughs> um okay so one of the biggest questions that Corey was one of the first things he said was how did he kill people one by one with a shotgun without waking up right without ghosts so some people were like drugs he obviously drugged everyone at dinner but here's the thing Mm. there were no drugs found in anybody's body during the autopsy um so it wasn't really drugs um out of, of the six victims evidence shows that two were definitely awake um louise and allison and two were probably awake, John and Mark. What? So he first killed his dad while he was sleeping. So he just shot his dad right in the back. And then yeah. his mom started, like, sitting up. Um, but because of these shards, like, the bullets, shards, and body juices going all over her. Oh. And he shot her in, like, the back of the neck and the spine. Oh, man. She died. Hey, um, The next victim was Ronnie's, was likely Ronnie's kid sister, Allison. Yeah. Uh, the evidence shows that she had raised her head to look at the door and he shot her. Oh. Um, and then the next two that were killed were Ronnie's kid brothers, Mark and John. Um, they shared a room right next to Allison. Um, it's likely they were awake. Um, Mark had an injured hip, which made it difficult to move around the bed. Um, this is said to have caused both Mark to sleep on his back. So he never slept on his stomach. But the thing is, all the kids were found sleeping on their stomachs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and they knew, so 
Because of that, because he was sleeping on his stomach and his brother was found sleeping on his stomach, clenching the sheets, um, that's how they determined that Ronnie told them to flip over and to hide their faces oh, so he couldn't look at them. That's so sad. And he shot and killed them. Ooh, I'm getting like spooked talking about this. Yeah, my um, back is still half in the closet. <laughs> it's fine. Corey will forever be fucked. <laughs> I'm so scared right now, especially with this story. <laughs> I have. So later in the podcast. Look at Simone. She's scared. <laughs> yeah, Elle, everyone's scared. Jordan's probably like watching happy videos or like right. out in the living room. He's watching bike videos, mm-hmm. which is basically a Jordan happy video. Okay, so. Um, then Ronnie said that Dawn opened her door. She was on the third floor uh, as Ronnie was climbing up the stairs. And she said, is that you, Ronnie? And he claims that he assured her it was and that everything was okay. Oh. Um, she she then said, chill, and went back to bed. And then he went in and just killed her. But there were a lot of holes in that specific explanation about Dawn. Yeah. For example, why she why she was found in bed in what looked like a natural sleeping position seemingly unaffected by the six or seven rifle blasts shaking the house so the way they found her it was very natural like you know how jordan sleeps all cute and adorable yeah it's as if we found his body oh. like that so it's such a natural sleeping position that his story of her waking up to be like yeah. what's going on and then I'm, going right back to sleep doesn't really make sense i mean i get that like the fear may keep you in bed too because i remember i was like 15 sorry story time yes i was like 15 and the i think it was just my mom and i were in the house and my little brother and my dad had gone away on business or something like that. And my sisters were already out of the house. So we were just sitting in bed and it was like 1 or 2 a.m. And the fire alarm went off. Oh, my God. And I was like, I, I stood up and I just sort of stood, laid in bed and opened my eyes. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I knew it wasn't a fire. But because I've always watched horror movies, mm-hmm. I'm always just scared that it's, you know, either an intruder or something like that. And I sort of stood there until my mom opened up the door. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, if that would have been a killer, I did nothing. I probably had like three whole minutes to do something. And I just laid in bed because I was so scared. That brings up an interesting point, though, because if you think about the moments in your kid or adult or in film or this or that, when people are afraid, you know, they, they run to their bed and they cover their heads with the sheets. Like the yeah. bed, which and you're is like, seemingly, bitch, get out of the function. No, right. Like the bed, which is probably one of the most intimate places you could be in a house other than a shower. True. But that's where we find that's where we feel like it's safe. That's where we feel safe. And it's just total. But it's not like you. Were, yeah. That's probably the most dangerous place for you to be yeah. in. But like, I guess you bring up a really good point. Like the reason why no, no one react is because I got woken up by a shotgun blast in my house. Yeah. And I was a little child. and I was in shock. I would just freeze. I would just sheets. freeze. Yeah. I would think. I'm going to stand still and hide under my covers like, or I'm going to lay here yeah. and like, cause what else would you do? Like if you're, if you're a kid, even now as an adult, I think if someone walked my house with shotgun, I'd be like, I'm fucked. I'm no, like, yeah. It's just I'm a total here. false sense of security, yeah, but it's, it's a big bed. sense of security. And yeah. That's super interesting. Um, okay. So going back to Dawn, once again, medical examiners claim that no drugs are found in her body. Um, people speculate, um, could it be, so the way that Dawn died was, a little different from anybody else because she was the last one to be killed her natural sleeping position this or that like it didn't really make sense um so people were wondering maybe she wasn't home at the time of the murders and so she went up went to sleep and he killed her later mm. um maybe she was super stoned um and be- people were thinking because D- ronnie was like a, did a bunch of drugs at the time he was on weed acid like you name it it's the 70s yeah so they were thinking like maybe they she did test positive for different drugs but the detectives kept that a secret because they didn't want that to make people take the spotlight off of ronnie they didn't want people to start thinking negative of the victims the light they wanted to shine on ronnie not the victims yeah um and then ronnie claimed that dawn was actually involved with the shooting 
Um, but there's not really any evidence for that. And he's changed the story so many fucking times and no one really believes him. Except one of the main investigators that kind of talked about the Amityville, like he was there during the murders, he was there during the Lutz. He actually thinks that Don was a big part of it as well. And he's someone that has been researching oh. and actively part of the Amityville house since the murders. And, oh, um, that's interesting. And so like there's, because there's not really any evidence to prove she wasn't part of it. Yeah. There also is evidence to prove she was part of it. So it's like, Dawn is the big question mark in this case. Ooh. Was she involved? Was she not involved? And like the seven murders, like there's so many people to kill and like no one woke up. Were there two people involved? Were there one person involved? Like there's so many questions and we will never get the answer because Dawn's dead. Ronnie's a fucking psycho. Yeah. So, you know, like what happened in Amityville, it's really up to you. Like you read the stories, you kind of decide on your own. Um, I, I myself, like I'm pretty torn. I think Dawn really could have been involved. Um, but maybe she wasn't. I, there's just so many different versions yeah. of the story. It's pretty wild. And the next question was, was the house haunted before the murder? So um, yeah. Ronnie Defoe mentioned um, that his family heard noises at night, such as banging of pipes, footsteps, the sound of people screaming. Damn. Um, however, Ronnie then <laughs> since then has been like, I was just lying. So any piece of information Ronnie gives us later, he says, oh, JK. And then later he says, no, I was telling you. Oh, yeah, he's just being a psychopath. So Ronnie's just going flipping back and forth. So everyone's, like, so fucking confused by what Ronnie is saying. However, it is reported that after an incident between Ronnie and his dad were casual, Ronnie and his dad got in a big fight. And so Ronnie shot, tried to shoot his dad with a gun, but the loaded gun misfired. What? And so Ronald Sr., Ronnie's dad, felt very spiritual and lucky to be alive. He kind of felt like a guardian angel in a sense stopped the rifle from shooting at him so from then on he surrounded the house with religious statues um some say they were specially blessed statues coming from saint joseph's in canada Um, when asked why he surrounded the house with religious icons ronald senior reportedly answered it's because he had a devil on his back what? So a lot of people don't know if he means the devil as in his son, Ronnie, who later kills him. Oh, if it's him. just an expression. Yeah, or yeah. the devil is back, meaning that their house is haunted. Because it is, we do know at this point that maybe they were experiencing experiencing some ghostly stuff happening. That sounds like more of an expression. Yeah. Of having like something bothering you. No, that's how I take it is like, oh, a devil's on my back. Especially this like yeah. 70s. I don't know. I feel yeah, like, like a weight bearing down on you. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um, so anyway, so Ed Warren... Going back to the Warrens, woo-woo. Yes. He said that Mr. Defoe brought in a priest from J- from St. Joseph's Oratory to perform a special mass, which was hoped to rid the house of any evil or demonic forces. Good luck. So, obviously, from that, <laughs> I take it as, I think, Ronald Defoe Sr. did suspect that the house was a little haunted. So, yeah. maybe Ronnie was being a little honest what he said. Um, but I think Ronnie likes to manipulate the press and manip- and keep his story kind of relevant. So, that's why I think he goes back and forth. Um, but anyway, so according to Mr. Warren, during the mass, there was this bunch of spirit shit happening, such as candles mysteriously toppling over, doors opening and closing closing on their own. I don't know if you go through it at all, Corey, but like during that mass. Oh, no, I just touched the Lutz family. Yeah. So during the mass, just a bunch of spooky stuff was happening. Um, but since then, St. Joseph's Oratory has officially denied knowledge that any of the priests have ever been involved in the incident. So Ed Warren says it happened. Mr. Defoe says it happened. The church says it didn't happen. So it's up to you to decide who's right. My vote was Ed Warren just because I'm biased and I love the Warrens. Yeah, right. Who knows? Um, Okay, so all those murders happened. um, And about a year after the murders, the Lutz family moved in. I'm not going to go into the Lutz family at all. Corey's going to go into them. 
Um, he's going to go into them in a little bit. I just have a little bit more about the house to talk about. Um, so there are some questions and speculations about the house slash property that I found on the hashtag blessed internet. Yes. I put that there here. Hashtag, hashtag blessed, blessed internet. Um, so one of the biggest speculations of the house um, is that the house was built on an Indian burial ground. Yes. So when the Lutz did the research on the property, they found information at the Amityville Historical Society that the land was a place where Indians were buried. Um, according to Hans Holzer, a curator at the Amityville Historical Society, um, once told him the skeleton of an Indian chief was unearthed <laughs> on or near the property in the early 1900s. However, this information could no longer be found. Yeah. So some say it was removed shortly after Jay Anson's book came out, and while others say it was never found in the first place, people don't really know. Yeah. Um, the legend of the Indian burial ground goes something like this. The Montauket, Montauket, I am yeah, we're good. white. <laughs> yeah, we're Disclaimer, good. Disclaimer, I'm white Disclaimer, as fuck. Disclaimer, we white as fuck. Um, so those Indians use the aerial... So, sorry, they use the area of land to imprison their tribal enemies and or those possessed by evil spirits. Um, those unfortunates were left to die on the land and then buried face down. Interesting, because he killed his brothers and sisters yeah, and them face, face down. down. Um, some believe these cursed spirits <laughs> down, are the source of the problems. I don't know. Like, the thing is, like, there are... Some people say there are records of an Indian burial ground. Some say there aren't. I don't know. There's not really any solid information out there. Um, it is also speculated that a devil worshiper named John Ketchum fled Massachusetts around the time of the infamous Salem witch trials. Yes. Um, and re- relocated to the area of the Amityville house where he continued dabbling in Satanism, as we all do at one point in our life. There was a historically significant Ketchum family that lived in the area, but there was no proof that any member of the family or any person by that name practice witchcraft or satanism in the area so like yes there probably was a john ketchum did he practice satanism maybe maybe not probably i want to go with yes because that's super fun yeah so it was also noted when i was doing some research on when the warrens went and investigated the area they threw lorraine talking to uh spirits figured that out about john ketchum as well and that uh, it's it said specifically that John requested that his remains when he before he died would be buried on the property. Whoa! So I don't know if it's exactly that one plot of land that the Amityville house is on, but it's at least like the same plot of land that Ke- John Ketchum asked to be on included the Amityville house. Okay, for the sake of the story, I want to imagine him being buried under the house. Yeah, like sweet. right under like the huge ass tree that's there. Now. Or the secret room. And shit. Ooh, or like the boathouse. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Because George would wake up at three fifteen a.m. at the boathouse. Boat ah, uh, I can't. Okay. I can't tell my part and have half my body in the fucking. Luckily, closet. I read the entire book. So if you need help, I can help. No, you yeah, add part. shit because I only read like a hundred pages and I was like, fuck this, it's boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best. Sorry, Jansen. Become Sorry, dude, writer. but you write like a, <laughs> a millennial like, intern summarizing articles. It felt like I was reading a diary. It, that's no, what it felt like. It didn't even feel like it that like to me. It felt it was drier than that. It was, yeah. It was more what just What I hated reporting. the most about it was the or- – okay, because I warned you. When he took it, I said, I don't like the organization of the passages because he would have the Lutzes and then have the priests, and I felt like they should have been different chapters, and I mm. hated the only way to indicate – who we were trying to read from the perspective of, it yeah. was either, like, it was just a fucking, like, indentation. Like, it was, like, a space before. Yeah. Like, I hated it. Like, it was organized terribly. Okay. Anyway, so, 
this is the part that I've been really excited to tell Corey about. Oh, yes. So, and also my listeners, or our listeners, because this is very fun. So, in these murders, um, okay, let me go back really quick, because I skipped ahead of notes. No, you're fine. So, there was something I found interesting in the area. It had a lot of connections to <sighs> demons and murders in the general <sighs> Long Island area. Yes. And the Amityville murders, the son of Sam murders flashback to episode one what? of our podcast and the reason murder who i will get to one day yeah um there was suggested involvement of demons animals animals and killing by rage so all three of these killings involved long island yeah a strong link to the south shore of Suffolk, Suffolk county okay so in these murders there are claims of demon possession and the son of sam murder which is episode one of our podcast uh-huh. there were claims of demon possession um for example, the talking dog that made him do it. Yeah. The dog. And Amityville, there's Jody the pig. Um, and then furthermore, there was a witchcraft link. At the very least, there was a similarity of culture. In all three cases, there was an increasing rage that led the killer to snap. So some of the similarities between Damn. all those cases include increasing rage, claims of demon possessions, an animal involved, and linked to the Suffolk County area. Um, the son of Sam last stand was meant to be in Southampton, which is part of that area. But then he got caught. So what really interested me in this is I remember I was going through all the research and they connected the son of Sam, demon, all that stuff to the Amityville Horror House. So like my question is, was it the same demon? Was it the demon's BFF? Because there's there are so many cases that link to demon possession in that area. What if it is a, what if it is the same demon or what if it's linked Damn. to all those witches? So what if son of Sam who happened in the 70s and 80s, was also linked to the Amityville house. Well, yeah. Wild. Wild, wild. Well, also the same So the, the same that you say, too, about the Indians using this area mm-hmm. as a place where they would send people. The Warrens, uh, their account of it was that the Indians would send... Um, they, they, there was a house on this land where the Indians would send their uh, people that w- were, quote-unquote, possessed by evil spirits, or how we say now, just mentally uh, disabled or handicapped. Yeah. There's, there's like so many. So maybe there's something about the land that's yeah, going on exactly. because of the Indians, or just because there's like negative energy, energy that gathers there. Who and I'll knows? tell you, like, or it's all made up. And I'll tell you a personal story. Well, this I'm gonna talk about this later in the episode. Yeah. But I am like convinced my grandparents' house that I spent the majority of my adolescence in was buried or was Ugh. built on top of, a, of an Indian burial ground because one. When the property Dos Vientos was being built, there was a lot of outrage in the community because um, the Chumash Indians were really big there. And people were saying these mountains and hills were dedicated to them. Like, why would you build land upon them? Yeah. Anyways, but my grandparents' house, there's just one specific side of the house where every single time, no matter what time of day Oh, is this where you through, and your mom, your mom told you? Yo, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'll yeah. shut up. Okay, Corey knows like so much about my life. It's so <laughs> It's fun. so cute. But like every single time you'd even like step foot in this part of the house, it felt like just like dread would like drench my body. Like it, I could feel it from like the tip of my t- my fucking head to like tip my your toes. The tip of my tits to my knees. To the, was, to the so bottom of your butt. The, the, my private parts were filled with dread. But it's like, it was weird. And like the more I researched like Dos Vientos. Her vagina that, was wet with dread. I was wet with dread. But I just realized. We like, could edit that part out. How serious Indian burial grounds are. And how I feel like a lot of the hauntings with older buildings or people that built things on these sacred lands like you can be haunted as fuck like it's wild yeah. so to me like from all the personal experience i've had which i will go into during our campfire stories mm. like i can 
truly understand how we need to plan that we do like (laughs) if not jordan you and i can go yeah exactly but i feel like with amityville and son of sam and the reason murders and this and that like i really do think indian burial grounds could be a link to them because they're so sacred and if you yeah i mean i think there's there could be something that's what i personally poltergeist but um but yes so i thought that was really interesting that there could be a connection between son of sam and amityville so now i like to believe that valak was deeply a part of amityville and son of sam that's just from conjuring too though valak that's great but um but yeah so that is the history of the house um, I have a link that goes over every single time the house was sold and for how much and uh, to who. So if you want to look into that yourself, you totally can. Once again, I will post that link. Does I, I'm, I love looking at Zillow every single day. So I found, I find those things really fun to look at. And yeah. it's really interesting to see um, how much the property sells for and to who and how many years they stayed for. Yeah, it's interesting to see and, how. Um, and the, yeah, so I'm going to let Corey now take it over. Because uh, my part is now done. Nice. Okay. So, as you said, the DeFeo murders happened in November of uh, 1974. And then 13 months after those murders, George and Kathleen Lutz and their three children move into the Amityville home. What are the kids' names? Like, Missy? I forget the girl's name. It's Missy. Actually, I didn't really look at their names. I forget. I I just know it's George and Kathy. Because they're They're most of the stuff that happened to them other than the girl... Like, nothing really well, happened, happened to the boys. The, boy, the boys at the end. Oh, well, you can say that part. Oh, okay. Because I didn't, I didn't read that part. Sorry. Oh, man. It's well, the Chana, last yeah, 100 will come back in. book, Corey. I should have read it, but I just didn't have enough time. I was trying to write that script, and I'm just... I'm in school and work right now, so sorry, guys. I'll tell you. Like, I wish I read that book before I started researching anything else. Because it's a very boring book. The last, like, three chapters, though, like, I was reading. Oh, yeah? And then this, like, super loud, crazy noise happened in the house. Ooh. And I, like, stopped and I froze. And I was like, oh, my I'm God. I'm scared. I brought the demon into Ew, no. I was like, Well, that's it. I was, like, researching this stuff. And I was like, I had the book open. I looked down at it a bit, too, today. And the sun kept going down. And I was just like, I remembered last night. Because last night our power went out. Oh, I heard him. And yeah, I was like, luckily, I was just, I well, I decided last, or that night, on Sunday night, yeah, so Sunday night, I was sitting there and I was like, should I start writing my script or should I just do the Amityville Horror stuff? And I'm so glad I was writing the script because if I would have been reading the Amityville Horror stuff oh and God. the lights would have gone out, I would have flipped my shit. I would have started crying. I would have immediately yelled and ran into Bakesim's room, like yeah. immediately. Because I was, I'm, you know, every time the, the lights go out, you still get spooked because you... You not only like can hear the power go out and you but see it, but you feel like the power Ooh. go out, I'll and tell it you. always feels like negative energy for I'll a tell second. You, after it's scary. Researching everything that I've researched the past like five days of researching this, yeah. I've had some really weird stuff. Ew! Shut up, Chenna. Shut like, up. I'm gonna talk about it at the end after talk you're about done. It? Like maybe our... when I have my back out of this closet. <laughs> after the talk about it section, <laughs> I'll tell you. But okay. like, there is some weird stuff that's been happening to me. Stop, I'll Jenna. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Haunting. Okay. Let's get fucking into okay. this. I'm so, so excited. They move in and they yes, move they out 28 days later. Yes. So they move in again. Question. Sorry, I have to scratch my beard. Question for you. Yes. Okay. You know the horror film 28 Days Later? Yeah. Is that? No, it's I, a zombie film. It's I know a it's a zombie film, film but yeah. did they get... They might have. I was wondering. Cause yeah. I literally just came to my mind. I wonder. They must have because 28 Days Later is very specific. 
Yeah, it's I very specific. If they got the inspo from Amityville. I mean, it's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know why. You could probably they probably just pick that. I'm sure because they're horror fans. They made a horror movie. Yeah, I'm sure they're yeah. horror buffs and they've heard about the Amityville horror. I watched that movie by myself in seventh it's grade. A go- oh, that's a fucking crazy good it's one. It's good. And I, it's like it's it's scary. It's bleak yeah. and a horror film on top of being yeah. bleak. I remember I watched it and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like a total mindfuck. Okay, so the haunting. I'll stop um, interrupting. On the day of their arrival, I'm pretty sure this was a little discrepancy between where, what I was reading. Classic. Um, a Catholic priest was asked to come to and bless the home by George, um, the, the father, as he did know. And he they were told, they were very transparent when they sold them the house, that mm-hmm. the DeFeo murders happened a little bit over a year ago. So the priest comes in and he makes his way upstairs. Um, and on the second floor... Um, when he entered one of the main bedrooms, the sewing room, the so that they eventually they luckily listened and made a sewing room. A male voice yelled at him, "Get out!" Oh, oh, and then it bitch slapped him. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is it supposed to bitch slap him yeah. in the book? It does. Yeah. So none of the place things said that. I think it, it might even happen in the movie. I can't remember. I think he gets bitch slapped in the movie. So this is where what Corey and I mentioned a few times. Everything the court and I say is a little hard to say because every single source we went to said something different. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll get it, Especially with the supernatural stuff, that's, oh. you're going to get that every time. So you get the Hollywood yeah. spin and this and that. Like, there's yeah. so yeah. many different All these stories what the are mild discrepancies. So just take it as a story. Okay? Yeah. This is a fun, spooky story. Yeah. So weirdly, the priest guy... What he does is he goes down and he doesn't tell them exactly what happened. Good priest, But right? stupid, like... I'd kill him. Anyways. Right? So he goes down and tells them, hey, that room feels weird. Don't and it, don't let that be a bedroom. Don't have anybody sleep in there. And luckily, the Lutz people, the Lutz, Lutzes listen and just make it a sewing room. Good job. Kathy yeah. And what's um, Kathy? From there on out, every time that priest would come visit, um, he would get intense fevers and get blisters on his hands mm. when he would visit. And he eventually stopped coming. So I'm going to get into some happenings. I'll just list off a number of them. And there's also like about three main happenings that stuck out to me that really scared me. Can I make a note really quick? Yeah. About the priest? Yeah, sure. So Corey and I, I bought us a book for this podcast. And I read the entire book, even yeah. though it fucking sucks. Yeah, I read it all. I'm sorry. Um, so I just have one note to add about the priest. Yes. Um, not only would he get those at the house. Oh, yeah. He would get those at his apartment, which he lived with other priests no, and all really? those things. So he would every time he would speak or think of the Lutzes, uh, he would get a, a fever of 103 degrees. He would get intense stomach pains, throw up diarrhea, and he'd oh, get blisters no. on his hands. And this all continued to happen until he completely stopped communicating and thinking about yeah, the Yeah, like he stopped about that. So like oh, it even so affected sad. him in a sacred place, though, which is really interesting because the like his priests and bishops and whatnot would visit him he was living in a dormitory situation oh yeah with, with, other, other, dorm- with other priests and he like it was still affecting him in his own sacred home Jeez. and that's the part that was so wild to me was that it affected him even outside the home yeah Ew. yeah demons are not cool <laughs> anyways sorry especially when they don't the play by book, the rules <laughs> so i might randomly add in some information no yeah keep keep jumping in because i didn't read i should have read it but Sorry, y'all. I have I had things to do. It's I'm a sorry. boring book. Everyone. It was pretty pretty bad. Sorry, dude. Okay, so from the very first night, um, they moved in. The family did claim that they had weird sensations, weird cold spots, weird smells. Um, and they eventually even felt that their personalities themselves would change a little bit over time. Oh God. Um, George was most constantly uh plagued by uh chills, 
and spent most of his time at the fireplace, uh, which progressed over time, him just sitting by the fireplace. Um, and he also noticed that his grooming habits and his health would decline pretty rapidly. Uh, that's what Kathy noted. Yeah. While tending to this, to this fire, both George and Kathy mentioned that they saw the image of a demon with half its head blown out, <sighs> burned into the soot in the back of the fireplace. Did you, did you read about that? Did they mention that? Yes. Oh, damn. It's a white demon and it burns in the back of the fireplace. And this happens qu- quite like... I mean, they only lived for 28 days, maybe yeah. halfway through. But I remember I read it, and that's one of the first moments in the book where I had to put the book down. It that's was like, creepy. That's it was, a good. It was that's a good visual. Um, it's horrifying. So George George also would wake up to the sound of the front door slam slamming, and he would race downstairs to find that the dog was sleeping, but um, he was sleeping soundly, and the dog would sleep by the front door. Mm. And also he realized that nobody else in the house heard it, even though he was upstairs and it woke him up and he was the one that heard it. There's so he much would also, shit to this. He would also say that. So, so okay, back to the insidious. That that part is weirdly becoming one of the most. Sorry, I had to like move my legs. So I got I'm away from constantly the microphone. moving. So it's okay. So, so you know that part where uh, they're upstairs and they're just talking, having a sweet moment, and then all of a sudden they hear the... <laughs> And then spoilers, stop, it stop, ends stop, up stop, being, stop. I won't spoil it, but you know, we watched the second one, but when that happens now, oh that God, ends up, God. that's almost scarier to me than the baby monitor part. Get oh, shut up. <laughs> um, but oh, I'm so scared no, he right says, he, he says, let me in. I think. Oh right? yeah. He says, let me in. Ah, ah. I'm get out because I'm that's scared. what the priest heard. Did it say get out? I forget. Yeah. It's one, but either way, right now, that. for some reason that banging is becoming Probably because as we talk about this more and I'm getting more, I'm getting older, the supernatural is becoming a little bit less, not even maybe a teeny bit less scary, but not really. It's more the real stuff is also becoming more scary yeah, yeah. as I get older because it's like real to me. So it, and it could be, so if somebody's banging on your door, it could be just somebody fucking with you that wants to kill you or yeah. it's a demon. <laughs> Which I have a very personal story about the banging of the door. That what I'll the fuck? About the story. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I actually don't know that part. You maybe said it, but I don't remember it because that was like four years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like four years ago. I told you about it. Yeah. I told, I asked Jordan because Jordan recently was like, oh, well, like, I don't believe in ghosts. And I was like, I'm going to tell you two Nor stories. Nor does Chris. I was like, I'm going to tell you two stories and like. You tell me how to logically make like sense. Like how to make events. these happen. Yeah, be real. Like that's yeah. There are some things, in my opinion, you truly cannot explain. You just can't. You can't explain something. No, yeah, that and that's why I love this is because there's a lot of evidence. A lot of evidence that denotes all of this, like yeah. debunks all of this. But then I still go back to like, okay, you have two different families saying, okay, this shit happened. And then one of these family was killed. Yeah. Like one after the other and nobody ran. Nobody struggled. Like what? No. So weird. So weird to me. Anyways. Anyways. So (laughs) during all this time too, George also realized that he bore a strong resemblance to Ronald DeFeo. Yes. Which is weird. Go look at those pictures. That's one of the They could be brothers. So side note on that. So, um, I mean, George, it was the 70s and everybody had a beard and long hair. Yeah. It was sort of hot. George went to the three, the witches brew place bar that we mentioned Oh, yeah, earlier. yeah. This is about to get to, too. Yeah, Okay, go. yeah. And, like, the bartender was like, you look exactly like someone. But yeah. I know. And, like, he wouldn't tell George who, but it's weird. Like, you look at the picture of them, you're like, no, like, George and Ronnie look like they could be, like, brothers They, or they could be brothers. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, hey, booze. You're on my Hi, leg. Boosie. Um, so... 
moving on to the Lutz's daughter, I forget her name. Missy. Missy. Yes, it's Missy. Yeah. So she began, sp- she began spending all of her time playing with an imaginary friend that she described. <laughs> oh, God. So, okay, note. If your child starts describing something like that, throw just move. <laughs> just fucking move. No, no, no. Throw your child away. <laughs> yeah, throw your child away and then move. <laughs> so she described a red... She described this imaginary friend as a red-eyed pig called Jody. That was Boost, not me, who knocked the, the microphone. Who could? And so this this red pig, this red-eyed pig called Jody, could transform not only shape but its sizes, being larger than the house sometimes. <gasps> oh my gosh! Oh my Jody also God. claimed that she could not be seen by anyone unless Jody wanted them to see her. <laughs> Demon one on one. Demons. <laughs> In other words, Jody's a demon. So when closing Missy's window once, um, which M- Missy claimed to Kathy, the mother, that Jody had recently just climbed out of. So sorry, I'll set that up better. So once uh, Kathy, the mother, comes into the into a room where Missy has just said, oh, hey, or like, hey, uh, Jody just climbed out that window. So Kathy goes to the window. And when she goes to the window to close it, she looks out in the yard and sees a pig with red glowing eyes. Whoa. <laughs> so also there are cloven hoof prints that have been found that had were found in the snow and it was reported that it was found on New Year's Day 1976. Like there's like foot like pig hoof prints. Well fuck me. In the snow on New Year's morning. So also you have your like your haunted house 101 you have mysterious foul odors that come from different locations in the house there's black stains that appear on the toilets and ceramic fixtures in the house that would just come and go whenever they wanted they wouldn't even, sometimes they wouldn't even clean them mm-hmm. and they, they'd like notice them go get cleaner and come back and they'd be gone you also have green gelatin that would appear throughout that house it would ooze out of keyholes I think there was there's one the account. The keyhole one's spooky. Yeah, where it like came out of the closet or something, or the attic. The first one was just on the walls, and the, yeah. the mom thought that the sons did it, and their personalities changed so much to the point that the mom and the dad like beat the fuck out of their kids after that. What? So their personalities. I guess it's the seventies. Changed and like yeah, it's the seventies. People, yeah. I guess, hit their kids. Yeah. But it was so like violent, they made note of it. And the second time it happened is during the peak of this horror, the peak of the scariness. And the green slime was just coming out of a keyhole because they locked the yeah. sewing room up. Yeah. And um, and George Lutz didn't even tell Kathy about it because he didn't want to scare Kathy anymore because mm. there was this green slime just like. And he I put, feel like after I saw a demon pig with red glowing eyes, I just would be like, I can't be much more scared. I'd like to be fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's nothing else to this. We fucked. Like if I saw anything else, I'd be like, yes, I know you're here, demon. Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, I already saw it. <laughs> So you have the green gelatin, the mysterious odors, and then you would also have hundreds of flies at times, which is just like the like takes the cake. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Didn't that happen in The Exorcist? The um, I think yeah, because it's a that's a uh, uh, well, flies one on the biblic- face. biblically that is a thing of Beelzebub. Yeah, oh, because he's like the Lord of Flies or whatever, something like Jesus that. Jesus Lord. Yeah, sorry to say that out loud. But oh that because that's like a I think that's like a legitimate biblical thing. Oh, I literally have chills on my whole neck right yeah, now. Yeah, sorry. Just saying that name. But so um so hundreds of flies appeared in the sewing room at times, despite it being the dead of winter, because we are in December mostly and somewhat January. And new and like the fucking East Coast, like there were not flies 
in January or November, December. Oh, yeah. It's like there's snow all over. It's cold as tits. Yeah. Yeah. uh Flies don't exist. (laughs) They would just appear by the hundreds in the room. In the room. Yeah. And and like disappear. Like you would turn it like this. They would like walk out of the room and then come back in and they'd be gone. Yeah. Or they would like kill all of them and like the flies. Yeah. And they would turn around and they'd be all there again. Oh, it's like so fucking weird. Oh, my God. be so mad. God. Um, So Kathy would also have vivid nightmares about the murders. And she discovered yes. Yes, she the would. order in which they were occurred, and it was it it was like cross referenced with re- re- police reports and police reports, and then proved to be right. And the thing about those police reports is they were never released. Yeah. So she had dream vivid dreams about how everyone was murdered, and no one other than the police detectives knew. No one. But Kathy dreamt about them. Yeah, and she was like able to say, "No, this happened, oh and this happened, and this happened." God. And they were like, "Fuck, that's correct." That's horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. so that's not cool. Um, the Lutz children also began to sleep on their stomachs, and they would find themselves waking up in that manner. Oh my god! And the, and the parents would note that they were always sleeping on their stomachs in the same way that the child, other children died. Do you mention Kathy's sex dream? No. So say it. Okay. So Kathy. Um, I might, but I might go. You you tell it. So Kathy, during all this, when she started having dreams about the murderers and the kids were sleeping on their stomachs. She had this very vivid dream of her having sex with a man, but it was not her husband. Yeah. And it was not Ronald Defoe, the senior. Um, instead, Ronald's wife, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I forgot. But um, she was having, like, an affair with, like, a live-in person that they had. <gasps> Damn. And um, it's later fo- to be found out that the person that Kathy was having dreams about having sex with was the guy the wife was having sex with. Oh, so She no. was dreaming, like, as if the wife that got murdered. Ugh. It's fucking that's crazy. crazy. Like I read that and I that's was like, "That's fucking crazy." I was like, "I gotta take a break." I like ate a snack and like stress walked in my apartment. Like, it was. It, that's crazy. That's that's the that's crazy. If I was her and I, that that's weird. That's too personal. No, that's weird. That's it's way intimate. So intimate. That's it's such so a like, mind fuck. Like she felt like she was ha- she dreamt of herself having sex with a guy. Okay, and here I don't know if you mentioned. Wait, I should have mentioned this. No, you're good, you're good. Um, in this house, the Lutzes bought the majority of the furniture from the. Yes, Dubos. yes, it was like it was they worth four hundred. Yeah, yes, they yeah. Slept on I their should bed. Just, should have mentioned that too. Both of us should have. They slept yeah. on their bed, the fridge, the they had two washers and dryers, like the living room, like some of the living room furniture. No, it was yeah, like ninety percent of the furniture was, was from theirs. the Defoe's, yeah. but specifically their bed. And yeah. so she had oh. dreams of herself having sex with the Defoe's lovers the same in the same bed in the same mm. yeah yes everyone that's disgusting you you are listening to this correctly the same furniture of murderers that's not being cool. used by the lutzes i'm drinking Corey's continuing i'm in drunk so back to george a bit george would wake up nightly around 3 15 a.m which coincided with the time the police felt that defeo started the murders or that what's his name john ronnie defeo thank you ronnie defeo started the murders um, and he would all, most of the time, have the desire to go check the boathouse. Sometimes he would even say he would semi-sleepwalk and wake up in the boathouse, oh. like inspecting it. Nothing, that doesn't pay off, which I mean makes this seem more real because there isn't a big payoff with anything no, about exactly. the, bo- the boathouse. But it's weird that he would always wake up there outside. George also awoke one night. This would be interesting to read. This would spook me out reading it. I didn't get to this part, though. Oh, God, but I'm so George afraid. George awoke one night to witness his wife transform oh. into a 90-year-old hag. Oh. And then she would levitate off the bed. That would destroy me if I woke up and saw that happen. That would probably fucking destroy me. Um, during one of these moments, I don't know if she's as, uh, as an old hag, but during one of these moments, she... Uh, 
the family discovered a small hidden room <gasps> behind shelving in the basement. And in some some accounts, it is recorded that the no, some accounts it is recorded that the uh, that the wife that Kathy was like possessed and levitated towards this room and bumped up against the wall, and that's okay. how they found it. I feel like that's exaggerated. But I, I read um, different. I read that they found it because she was trying to use the pantry in the basement. Yeah. See, there we go. There's yeah. Like, so many discrepancies. Yeah. 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 Like, it's so, wild. So let's just do the levitation part because that's fun. Because that's fucking fun. <laughs> she levitated. They found this fucking room. Yeah. It was painted so in red. So the walls are painted in red, wet, red, and the room does not appear on the blueprints. The mm-hmm. room came to be known as the Red Room, and this room had a profound effect on their dog, Harry, who refused to go near it and cowered as if sensing, sensing something. And the room would smell like blood and decaying corpse half the time. Like, it's... Like, the this room, everyone, yeah. was like scary so true account with this i'll i'll, I'll destroy the the scariness i'm so afraid. the whole true thing about this is yes it wasn't in the blueprint still but it's not an entire room it was literally like half as big as a closet mm. and just like a little opening that ended up being there i'm and, still afraid and, yeah still I'm it's still like afraid. i mean you could probably fit like three people standing in it in the picture, it still looks creepy because it's like half cinder block, half red wall. Ooh. But it isn't a, an, an entire room. If you're picturing an entire room with just red wallpaper, you're wrong. It's like half as big as a closet, maybe as big as a small closet. I always imagine closet. a little crawl space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, somebody you can stand up in it at least. It's bigger than I what I expect. I expect just a crawl space. I oh. know you could stand in it. No, uh, there's a picture of a girl standing in it. No! Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, scary! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're posting yeah. to our Instagram. Yeah. What, um, what's scary to me is like, Someone painted that. Like, someone? Why? No, right? Or I think it's wallpaper. I forget. But yeah. why? Why did they make that room? It's hidden. Know, it's not like Why would you fucking... make something like a closet red? red. <laughs> There's not a door. You have to, like, push against the wall, move some slats. Like, why the actual fuck is it there? No is idea. it Ronnie? Is it his dad? Is it someone before? Is it the Lutzes? Like, why? Like, there's, no, yeah. there's so many moments where I'm just like, what the actual fuck? And also, before we get into like the final parts, which I'll give, I'll hand this over to you. Um, oh, please, God, don't! I'm so into what multiple you're saying. Multiple right times, now. um, multiple times during these 28 days, the Lutz did try and contact the priest that we're talking about. I forget his name. His name he's mentioned many times. I just forget his name. His name in the book is different than what his actual name is. Oh, though. okay. I think for like privacy, probably. Oh, that's probably true. Um, so yeah, so for, they were trying to contact him and other members, clergy of the, of the Catholic church. And when they, when they would try to do this, the phones would cut out multiple times. So that's just like a last bit of like, fuck. So, um, yeah. What happened on the final days, Jenna? Okay. Holy fuck. So I read this book yesterday. So the final three days are when everything kind of starts peaking. So everything that Corey's... I'm peaking. <laughs> I'm peaking. Everything that Corey's been mentioning happens every single night. But um, the last night specifically, um, before the true night begins, there was a giant storm. The Lutz family ran out to the car. They tried to escape, but the car engine wouldn't start. Because Damn. they realized the house wasn't letting them go. Ew. And they re- so during the past like week or so, they all been sleeping in the same beds because they were so. Would they like all slept in the same room? The master bedroom, yeah. Damn, they're all yeah, so afraid. Do. And the parents- I wouldn't even do that. So the kids would sleep in the bed. That'd be like parents- we're camping on the road. No, right? <laughs> but the but at this point, the house wouldn't let them leave. That's so creepy. So um, 
There, so the kids would sleep in the master bed, and the parents would sleep in the chairs next to the master bed. Uh-huh. And uh, the husband, George, would keep on having, like, spooky dreams, this and that. But on the final night, yeah. the final night, what happened was he put his wife and Missy, the daughter, to bed and their two sons. And he sat up, and he was just staring at them, waiting. And eventually he dozed off to sleep. When he woke up, he woke up in the son's room, which was the upstairs room where Don slept. Uh-huh. And um, he saw his sons, and they were, like, screaming and yelling. And he saw this monster walking towards his sons. Oh, my God. And the sons are screaming and yelling, like, Daddy, the monster's going to get us. Daddy, please help us. Uh... This is the stepdad. I want to point that out. They are like, Daddy, Daddy, please help us. And he couldn't move out of the chair, but he saw it happening. Oh, my God. And he woke up, like, screaming. And, like, the wife and Missy, like, woke him up. And they're like, Honey, 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 wake up. He's like, It's going to get the boys. The boys. It's, it's going to get the boys. And they're like, no, the boys are right here. And one of the boys said, wait, no, <gasps> like, I just went up to go pee, but I was afraid because a monster tar- started attacking me. Oh, my God. And he started grabbing me because he was trying to take me, and I ran away. And I ran down here to daddy screaming. <sighs> and all of them, he was like, we need to go now. They open up the door, and that demon monster they saw <sighs> in the fireplace was down the door. Was no. I had chills on my whole body. And he was standing at the edge, like, in the hallway, and was screaming. And the dog was like, ah! Because they brought in the dog inside, and he was guarding the door for them. And they ran downstairs, and they all, like, hustled one by one, seeing this white Damn. demon monster from hell in the hallway. And, like, the last two people were George and the dog, Harry. Yeah. And they ran to the car, and they started the car, and they left. And this was 7 o'clock in the morning, and they abandoned the house because of everything that fucking happened. Fuck and they went shit. to the mother-in-law's house, the wife's house. And yes, then yes. Goose started coming from the sides. Wait, at that. the house? At yes, her house? at the mother-in-law's house. And mm, that's when they realized, that. like, the haunting wasn't necessarily done. Um, and then... Um, from there, the hauntings kind of stopped. After that, it was like the final big shebang was on that that day, and um, they never they never set foot. No, back no, in the yeah, house. I wrote here. They grabbed their few belongings and fled uh, to Kathy Lutz's mother's home yep. in nearby Babylon. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was like whatever you do, you gotta, you gotta stay, stay true. true. <laughs> That's her queerest fuck. But um, they're just like oh, Ryan I and Kenny. Like, mm, mm, one mm, thing, mm, mm. it would be. To buy the Amityville Horror book by Jansen and just read the last three chapters. Yeah, it's, the, it's the I, last, I'll probably read them now. The last three nights to, like, were because unfortunately for me, I read the controversy behind everything before yeah, I read the book. Before you read and the I book. wish I flip flopped it. So it sort of killed the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the last three nights were truly horrific. Like, like terrifying. there were some things where I'm like, you cannot, Oops. they cannot possibly debunk this. Yeah. Because like. Just from my personal experience, I don't know, like, and him having the dream of a son, this son was getting, trying, the monster was trying to get a son, and they escaped, they saw the same demon from the fire, like, there's so many terrifying elements. Yeah. It's, it's truly terrifying, horrific when they went through it. You know, they left everything, they left all their belongings at the house, they abandoned, they never stepped foot back in. There was like a psychic slumber party where the, where the men and Lorraine Warren were involved with, I mean, there's videotapes of it. Where they go through the house and they do seances and this and that That's and it's just, like ugh. this house is horrifying. Yeah, so I'll go I'll go into the war of his involvement. I, I researched that. Yes. And it says twenty days after the Lutz fled, the paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in. A team of reporters, investigators, and parapsychologists were assembled by the Warrens 
and the Lutz and they even asked the Lutz family to come and they refused to do so. Both Ed and Lorraine Warren were physically pushed or they reported themselves being both physically pushed on the floor during their investigation. Oh my Ed God. Ed said that this happened to him when he was alone downstairs in the basement. Oh! And then uh she, he was like pushed on the ground. Why would you go to the and basement? Then, oh, Boos, you scared me. Because you scared Boos, and then Boos got scared and scared me. <laughs> I'm so scared uh, <laughs> from you being scared for me from Boos. I know, right? Scareception. Um, so, so all, and then Lorraine, she said that she wasn't, she was never like physically shoved around, um, but that she was like pushed in and out of places. So she felt like nudged no. as she was no, moving no, no, from no, no, room no, to no. room a little bit. That's um, so scary. And also Lorraine reported that being overwhelmed by a sense of a demonic presence that plagued her and her and gave her psychic impressions of the DeFeo families, the DeFeo's families bodies, the bodies of the DeFeo family. God, this is me writing. Cue to the conjuring too. Yeah, right. And so it was like they gave her the demons gave her psychic impressions of the bodies of the DeFeo family lying across the floor covered in white sheets. (gasps) Yeah, which is cool because at the beginning of two, she's in the basement with the with the white sheets covering <gasps> the mannequins and stuff like that. Oh That's my cool. god! That's cool. Yeah. That... So they really did their shit. They fucking they researched, researched their shit. That's amazing. Um. So oh my That's gosh, where amazing. is that? Sorry. Repeat. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Okay. So. Um, the research team also, so this is a big, this is a big thing that you can go search right now. If you just put in keywords, hot words, um, the research team captured an image of a spirit that appeared as a little boy peering from the second floor. If you literally just put Amityville horror, uh, ghost boy, you'll get it. It's pretty apparent. It looks exactly like a boy with glowing eyes that is like peeking his head out of a door. It looks pretty real, but again, people have done pretty big investigations on it and, mostly they seem pretty positive this is real photo that it hasn't been fucked with i would say the majority of people think it's real yeah it's one of the most famous pictures of a ghost of a ghost period period yeah period yeah Yeah. like go research it yeah just go and it's given it has been given up pretty freely to investigation and it's been pretty positive that Mm -hmm. they're like it's either inconclusive or yes this is real yeah none of them are like this is 100 percent faked fuck this or at least most of things that i read they were either like a few accounts i read they're like it could have been this but i would say most of the time people were like i don't know i got yeah most of them are i don't know or this is real yeah exactly that's what i really fucking question mark so it's a pretty creepy photo it's really fun it's a good one Um, and you know they replicate that in the conjuring too because she's walking up the stairs and you see the boy peek over. Like, you see the little boy. I don't remember this. Conjuring 2? I think so. You see the... Don't they? No, you see the little boy in the Conjuring 2. Or is the Conjuring 1? The Maybe Conjuring I'm... 1, there's a little boy playing the clapping game. Maybe I'm mixing up the, Spoilers. the Conjuring movies. Yeah, they're all the There's same a movie way. where you can see a little boy. And... That's 2. And then it's also an Insidious. Yeah, but there's no... Oh, the Insidious boy, I think, peeks around a corner. But he like, but I feel like you see it in one of the Conjuring movies where it's like a nod to this photo. Because probably. Yeah, probably. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, But then also... what? Okay, we got that. So, yeah, I've already said this before that during this investigation, Ed and Lorraine Warren gathered the information about John Ketchum, which we brought up already. And then the Indian tribe that would use this place to house... The sick and mentally mad people. Classic. So the Warrens said that they believe the suffering 
and bad stuff that went on in this area is what allowed demons to at least manifest in this area or just come through they in the party. area. And it's party. a weak spot. They just party. <laughs> it's chill. Um, so yeah, so that's their Warren's involvement. They did a pretty extensive research. I think this might be, this really might be their like case file number one that made them pretty big. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at all of the history of this stuff. I think this is probably what blew them up. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the Amityville horror. Or at least what nowadays blows them up. The media was so crazy about this. Yeah. So yeah. that's part of the struggle that Court and I both found researching this is because there are so many different accounts. Yeah. What the fuck happened? This case blew up in more ways than anyone could predict. Any other haunting things like this until this moment. Yeah. Like this. Well, and it makes sense because you have the. You have the Exorcist book came out, and then yes. the Exorcist movie came out, and then this yes. happens. Which okay, I'm I'm literally so it's talk already about in the like psyche of society that ooh demons, demons are cool. At least they're interesting. This Exorcist movie is fucking crazy, and that makes like, you think like how much pop culture affects society as a whole. Oh because yeah, the Exorcist came out a year before all this happened, and pe- people were really spooked and afraid of the exorcism and so any chance they got to say this haunting's happened they yeah it literally came take... out a year or two years before yeah, the exactly so it's like or a year the, before the so a lot of murders. people think the exorcism the exorcism had a huge play in this yeah because the exorcism kind of like made the path for hauntings for horror films it did for classic yeah. hauntings for classic exorcism films it paved the way for it. Yeah. And so that's why, like, the Lutz family and this and that, that's, like, some of the biggest controversies about the exorcism came out. That's what was popular. They made bank on that. They, like, played on people's fears. Well, oh, yeah, they're like, we the need time. to make money. We want to make money. Exactly. Um, reportedly so, though, the, the Lutz family, from what I saw, because I wanted to look into if they had any money woes, they really didn't have any money woes. They, they well, were a part of a business. It yeah. never said that they were... You know, everybody wants more money and everyone could use more money, especially if you have three kids. But, like, it never said they were, like, dirt poor and... Re- they were never you know. struggling. But yeah. money was definitely... was uh, Definitely. We all want more motive. money. We're yeah. human. We want more money. We do. Yeah. So that leads me to my... Money is the answer. My segment. success. Put on... Mascara. And, and your brand. summer dress. And the national anthem. <laughs> Lana, please do not sue handsome. us. Please. Wait, we just sang it. We sang it off key. It's fine. God, God, you're so handsome. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit of the controversy of the Amityville horror. Yeah. So before I really dive <laughs> into this, that sounded like a hurt like that a bitch. A oh, you're still listening, you sneaky sluts. Uh, since you're still listening, you might as well go check out our Instagram, which is anyways, how's your sex life? And that's anyways, A-N-Y-W-A-Y-S-H-O-W-S-Y-O-U-R-S-E-X-L-I-F-E. Um, <laughs> if you didn't get that, go fuck yourself. Just look at the name of the podcast. Um, you can also talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. You can reach us at um, A-H-Y-S-L podcast, or you can go ahead and email us A-H-Y-S-L podcast at gmail.com. Man, fuck the people who chose, like, such a difficult name. I know, right? Those fucking <laughs> bastards. Fuck them. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.